The following episode of the Carnival of Randomness is sponsored by an important message to you, the people from Upsitnik and Associates. Every day there are forces that are taking from you, stealing from you. Your money, your time, your freedom. Immense faceless corporations, banks, credit card companies, insurance providers, government agencies, this list goes on and on. When you are under attack and facing crisis, turn to us, Upsitnik and Associates, attorneys for you, the people. When every day becomes a battle, we can advise and assist. We have been advocates for 40 years. Email us through UpsitniksLaw.com or call us at 1-866-391-3299 or reach out to us through Upsitnik and Associates on Facebook for a prompt, no-obligation communication and consultation. Don't be pushed around. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Carnival of Randomness. Zach's there somewhere, right? I'm Where still here. Yeah. It's summer Ain't in Rochester, yet. so in about a week it'll snow. But for now, it's kind of a really fun time to go out and check out some music. And there's so much as a regular, whatever one of those things are you have at Thanksgiving, the thing with all the, the fruit and stuff in them, you know, one of those with all the different kinds of bands you could see. The cornucopia. Yeah. Veritable cornucopia. Veritable. And one of the best ones you can go check out. Plays all over. Great, incredible stuff. Brian Lindsay. Good morning, and, fellas. And along with Brian, though, we have right from his high school band all the way till now, Greg Andrews. <laughs> Woo! Hi. Did you play with yes. some guy in high school tuning to Andy? From Andy Calabrese's yeah, yeah. high school. But Andy yes. Calabrese, yeah. Oh. Many a jam in the band room to Sly in the Family Stone. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to Andy, who's in the control room right now. <laughs> He doesn't want us to tell anybody that, though. Oh, really? He's embarrassed okay. to be associated with this sometimes. Well, you can cut. You, maybe you can cut that out of, what out did of that, the interview. What did that post? <laughs> Brian, tell us a little bit about for people, the few people who don't know out there in podcast land, not radio land. What's yeah. about your band? Yeah, name? podcast land. Uh, good morning, podcast people. Uh, yeah, we're uh, we're kind of a I guess uh, roots rock, Americana. Uh, style classic rock band, perhaps. I mean, it's it's hard to it's hard to pigeonhole these days because you know you do so many different styles, and you know one week you're Americana, and the next week they'll call you something completely different, and so you you know it's kind of hard to keep up. But uh, um, I would just say that we're like the um, you know the singer songwriter kind of vein. Um, I've got three records out on the GFI label out in Ontario, Tony Gross's GFI label. And uh, we got a new single out here just uh, we did last year as well. So good old-fashioned uh, uh, rock and roll, you know, all the elements of, uh, of, of the, you know, soul and rock and roll and um, singer-songwriter, that kind of, that's our vibe. I have to do say your last album, which has got the great title here, the monkey, the <laughs> tango, and the boogaloo. Yeah. Yes, it was voted by City one of the best albums of the year. Was it? Yeah, it was. I have I cut the ad out. Oh, I missed that one. <laughs> Send that to me so I can. It was no, it was no. It got a hype. I read about. You didn't even know that. No, you need to read the paper more. Dude. No, you don't. Know, why go with? That's your... why I got Greg. I hope he sent me stuff I mean, like you, that. You're at everything too, Greg. I see you. This and that. It's like there's a law. I think in Rochester you have to be in more. I mean, you played with the Mighty High and Dry. You were on one of their songs, Brian. I yes, I did. Um, I played on uh, with a song with them, and uh, it was um, also D Ponder played on it, um, and uh, it was called I uh, I Was Living Here, and it's a fantastic song. Alan Murphy's an awesome uh, songwriter yeah, and performer, and uh, we did that out at GFI uh, one night. We just uh, came out and showed me my parts, and bam and 
they made a video that is just fantastic, and I, they've got a lot of uh, they've got a lot of uh, hits on that, and you know he's doing well. He's a great songwriter, which is uh, you know it's just as due. You know he he'll uh, he'll go far with his talents. Your music, though, I actually use the term roots sometimes. Roots yeah. Because I get the terms mixed up. I don't even remember when I was in the '90s. I really first heard Americana. I heard I would think stuff like the Jayhawks, yep. alt country. Uh, yes. And I hear a bunch of I hear some Springsteen in your song, yeah. especially East Side of the River. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I I definitely have heard that a lot, you know. Uh, and you know, full disclosure, he was you know an influence on my songwriting. And again, it was all the singer songwriters, the um, the Bob Dylans, the Tom Petty's, the the Bruce Springsteens, um, you know, even Jagger Richards, you know, McCartney and Lennon, you know, all all those big songwriters are. are you know, I study them, Elvis Costello, Tom Petty, all those guys. Oh, yeah, I hear a lot of Petty. Yeah, you know, I, I just, you know, I gravitated toward them and Big thing about ripped as much it off as I could. He was never hugely popular in Rochester for the longest time. I remember actually following all this. The River Tour was the first time he sold out the War Memorial. It was big, but he never did really that great here. It's amazing to think that. Yeah, I remember seeing him, you know, back in the late 70s here. Uh, just a friend asked me if I wanted to go, and I wasn't a, really a huge fan. You know, I knew a few of his songs and all that. And, um, oh God, I'm going to say it was 78. And uh, he had an extra ticket, and I said, all right, I'll go. And ended up going to the show, and it was like quarter full of people. And uh, Batman showed up. <laughs> And, He's coming uh, to the rafters. <laughs> and it was and it was a it was an awesome show. It really was. That's it why was, we were random. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, something that I I never I've never seen before. He's played with, like with the band, he do so. like those shows are marathons. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, and since then you know I just uh, I, you know I like the the performance style and uh, you know obviously his songwriting. How did you get into yourself to get into playing and everything? I always ask this question yeah. in terms of how did you get into the whole muse biz? Well, yeah, you know, growing up, you know, my uh, my mom was a singer and she played piano, so I kind of gravitated towards that. And, you know, I took uh, some music lessons. Um, I'm dating myself a little bit here, but there's a place in in East Rochester, Greg probably might remember this, called Properzi's Music oh. Store. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh yeah. You know, I lived right. I was in Pen, lived in Penfield, so I was right around the corner. So I took drum lessons, believe it or not, uh, at Percy's for a while, and uh, down in this dingy basement. And you know, I thought, you know, that's what I want to do. I want to play drums, and I would go in there and. Uh, but you had a brain, so you didn't play drums. Yeah, Sorry. you know. Shots fired. Drummer jokes today. You've heard all the drummer jokes. Yeah. It's like bada boom. What's the guy who hangs out with the band? A drummer. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing: more musicians than a drummer. Yeah. yeah. No. But still, I think the drummer. Well, the, the drummer, drums are the we can't. We... of the band, though. Well, and without the drummer, how could we get the rim shot for really funny jokes? Yeah, like that's, that's, that's true. That's it would just be. A silence. that cannot be denied. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I started out with that, and then I, I, I you know, it just did, it wasn't happening for me. It seemed, it didn't seem like it was exactly what I wanted, and I ended up turning to uh, acoustic guitar, and, you know, from there to electric guitar, and, and then, um, you know, when the explosion of all the singer-songwriters, you know, I said, oh, I can do that, you know, like, it's a fool. I said, yeah, I can do that. And, uh Basically, you know, since a teenager, I just kept grinding away and grinding away. How is that in terms of the satisfaction level of doing covers versus doing your original stuff where you're like, wow, that's pretty cool. Great and question. I, wrote that. Great. I always think that because I always thought, 
like I I write and most of the stuff I write is pretty bad. Like most things would be, but every now and then you'll do something. Oh, man, I wrote that. <laughs> yeah, great question. You know, um, again, I, I call myself a grinder only because it's I don't know. I'm not. I don't know if I. You know, I just don't, I don't come up with it like a lot of guys do right off the cuff. I do more, I guess, these days. I just maybe learned uh, what what um, what to chase down and what not to. But, uh, yeah, the satisfaction part of doing your own thing, you know, is is a lot. Um, but you have a style. It's a lot yeah. more satisfaction doing your own thing. And if it goes over well and it's a good song and, and people appreciate it, then uh, you, absolutely, you can carry it with you, with you well, forever. I can speak so. for that. One of my best friends, he's been playing since we were in high school, so he, two years. But, wink. Nobody can <laughs> see what we look like. So he started and he's never stopped playing. And one of the things he's done is he's done like a lot of cover bands to pay the bills a lot of right. ways. But when he does his original music, you can see the difference where in terms of the cover band, all these people are really good musicians. They give you, you get your money's worth. But when they do their own songs, there's a passion. Yep, right. Yeah, you And definitely. I see that on shows I go out to. Yeah, too. You, you really, I mean, I think, you know, for a lot of people, that's, you know, for me, I, I guess I'm speaking for myself, you know, was really an expression of, you know, of, of myself, you know, but it took a long time for me to figure out how to, to do it and how to say it. And, um, once you do, and then once you get a you know a good band to be able to play your songs behind you, yeah, there's nothing like it. You know, I've been in a hundred cover bands too, but um, I always I've always done originals, and it's um, you know, and that is the key. And I think you know will always be. And cover for us. bands aren't a bad thing, and I think you can find your voice too because you start. It's like you start with something you like, and you go from there. Sure. But I'm gonna go to sure. Greg. Uh, did you just keep playing since you were in high school, or did you just stop and start playing, or did high school band teach you to play, or whatever? I, I started kind of. <laughs> You've been like, around a lot too. Yeah. Thanks. Well, I'm glad the phone keeps ringing. I like that. Well, I go often. <laughs> oh, Greg's another band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that a lot. Well, but you know what? The bands don't compete around here. Everybody's, it's a nice big circle of people. Everybody supports each other, and that's a good thing. And Brian, I, I actually started playing back in high school, took lessons, you know, at 11, 12 years old. So at Benson's music, which is almost as old as Papersi's. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I saw my teacher play, and I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then it was a kid down the street that had a Hammond organ, and we started playing. His dad made us play fake book stuff, like, you know, I left my heart in San Francisco and stuff like that. And that's kind of how I started. And then I got into the rock and roll thing and had a band and actually played it in, at my high school for a high school dance while I was in high school. It's like my joke I call it. very excited. For this show, a lot of times I call it Six Degrees of Rob because I know all these different bands with different styles. And all of you, it is true. You know each other. You'll pop up on albums. Nobody's competing. Yeah, I think I, I think... Um... I don't know, maybe about a half a dozen years ago, there was a definitely a shift in that vibe in Rochester. It could just be me making this up, I don't know, but I've noticed a lot more... Well, you're right, I think. Yeah, uh, people, you know, wanting to do work with other people, share the stage, share the bills with them. Um, it just seems like there's a much more closer-knit community than there was. I don't know what you know what the what the reason is, but um, it's not advantageous to to cut yourself off from people. This town's pretty small. Yeah. So right. if you start doing that, next thing you know, well, where's the crowd? Well, they went with Band X because now you got them upset, you know, or whatever. Right. So, and you think you about know. it, it's it's an additional 
it's an addition to your fan base. Sure. Because right. if you join with somebody that has their own following, you have your own following, exactly. and you guys can cross it, it over. It works that way for us who don't play either, where people will see me who know me because of the shows. <laughs> That's I go correct. To. <laughs> and you could go see, you know, X band, and you know, um, I could be doing a special, you know. Guest appearance for one song or something, mm-hmm. and then say, "Hey, that guy is kind of cool." And uh, yeah, I want does he have a band? Blah blah blah. And, and then uh, yeah, you check it out from there. And so there is a lot of cross. Well, I could uh, I could make the example about a month ago. So I saw Primetime Funk play for their anniversary show, and very professional, very very good. Lovely, so loving cups so i go see that so i go to the spirit room next to see straight johnny and the gash goblins where their cd is released between two pieces of baloney <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so that's how the difference of yeah, music like, is yeah you just have those extremes don't you <laughs> the, the punk aesthetic yes hey whatever it takes right one thing i always yeah. like to ask musicians too in terms of equipment nobody asks you guys Favorite equipment and stuff you like to use? Anything special or just is it there you bang on it or you play it or is there something that gets a good sound for you? Uh, myself, personally, I've, yeah, I've, um, you know, I guess we can endorse some, some, uh, some, some companies here, but I've, I've always used, uh, Fender Telecasters for my electrics, and, uh, I use a Vox AC-15 that I've used for, for quite a while, and, uh, kind of, that's the sound that I've really, um, as close as I can get to what I want, and, uh, I used a, a Gibson Acoustic, um, J45 for the acoustic shows, and, I've had that for quite a while, so that's you know that's kind of fits my sound. Greg, he's got about a hundred different drum sets, and yeah. so well, they're for different types of situations: big rooms, small rooms, you know, different snares. You don't want to have a big, big honk and snare for a tiny room, you know. So not like the spinal tap drum, like the big metal drums where you spin around, right? <laughs> you hit with both hands and feet and get a couple extra arms to hit yeah. everything. But yeah, we are open to an endorsements, Rob. So if anyone gives you a call, you know, if they would pay us Fender too, I wouldn't or, mind. Or Gibson <laughs> or Vox, any of those, we'll take be a happy finder's to, fee. Yeah, we'd but be I always happy like to... that in fast because I know different sounds come from different things. Some people like what they like. Sure, they like... sure, sure. But one of the things I know, just from being involved a little bit in the music industry, or not just from knowing people, we used to say albums back. In the day, back in the yep. day, I'm old. Sounded sound local. You know, I mean, some of you would hear me go, damn, this could be really good. But now I think the techno- everything sounds top notch, pretty good. And how was the recording process doing your first album? I mean, you look a little like Nick Cave here on The Crossing, I think. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Oh my God. You yeah, really yeah. Do, you do, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, back out to uh, you know, give a little <laughs> plug for Tony Gross at GFI. Um, I've been fortunate enough to make most of my records out there and uh, a, a wonderful studio and I, obviously Tony's a great guy and um, you know he's a great uh, writer and, his, and guitar player in his own right and so you know collaborative efforts and uh, just a great vibe out there making records and his studio just gets better and better all the time you know he's always uh, upgrading things and uh, it's just a wonderful vibe out there great to make records and you know you know you as they say, you find a good thing, you stick with it. And I've been making a lot of records out there since, really, uh, I don't know, late 80s. <laughs> so. But we have seen, I mean, this is the Crossing album. We'll say a little about the albums you have here, the Crossing. So, yeah, the Crossing, um, you better look at the date on the back of that, Rob. I'm going to say 2005 or four. Um 2004. Is that, okay, 2004. Mm-hmm. So, um that was it was technically a solo record for me uh, um i was in between bands 
but I had the opportunity to make a record out of GFI, and um, um, so I picked a bunch of guys that I've played with over the years and put together a band just for the record, which is, you know, maybe a little bit odd. Um, and uh, made a solo record and actually, you know. You're like Boston, where Tom Schultz is pretty much, that's a fake band. He just brought everybody in to play. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. But these are all guys that I did, yeah. I have played with over the years. It happens a lot more than you think. Um, and, uh, you know. Not it, to us. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, it worked out great. And um, I did something similar to that on the second record, which yeah. was called Esperanza. Yeah. Um, Similar to that, I had, you know, a bunch of friends, you know, come in and do parts on that and, uh, you know, were, were uh, lent, me, lent their time and, you know, I didn't really have to pay anybody. They were all willing to come in and play their parts and they're all excellent musicians. So, yeah, you know, it was great. I'll come and play if you um, just turn the mic off and the sound Yeah, off. <laughs> anytime, bro. Um, yeah, I'll sing on the instrumentals. God, sure, sure, sure. confidence, man. <laughs> hey, and, I promote, I don't play. And then, I'll, I'll play on the acapella songs. <laughs> yeah. And then the last, the, the last one here in just a couple of years ago, uh, which I never, I own all these, but I never even, to be honest, I never noticed the title. I just saw Brian Lindsay on it. I never noticed the funny words under the monkey, monkey, the tango, and the boogaloo. That's probably why. And uh, great title. Um, that was more of a band thing. So yeah, I was playing with those guys at that time. So and and then and. That uh, felt, I think, if you listen to the record, it maybe it might feel more like a band performance. So, you know, it's different, you know, apples and oranges, I guess, you know, but how you Esperanza do it. is um, the song where I think at Frank's show, I was driving home a Sunday night and I heard it on the radio. And I just love that vibe of hearing like band like that on the radio and it's like, I heard the song. <laughs> thank you, yeah. So I can see and, you, and, Esperanza, you know, I won't butcher it. <laughs> and we get, you know, we still get a lot of airplay. I get people, come, you know, come up to me all the time and they say, uh, you know, I heard your song on the radio last week. Someone played East Side of the River and yeah. the week before that, someone said they played something off the Monkey the Tango. I think it was the Bully. And uh, so, yeah, it's great. And, you know, Greg you... <laughs> Townsend told me that when they were in Spain and you hear somebody, there's a high rise song on the radio in Spain and you go, wow. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool, right? Yeah. Greg Town's an awesome guy and obviously amazing. So, wow, so busy too. He's like, yeah. I think they're just off in Spain now. And then he's, yeah. don't well tell anybody he's the masked man in Low Street Jack. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Spoilers. Mm -hmm. And I know you play a lot of gigs, a lot of gigs. And we'll be able to, everybody's got to come out and see you somewhere, somewhere. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Well, we're actually. I mean, this is being recorded on uh, Saturday, the June 29th, and uh, we're playing tonight at the B side in Fairport. And we'll put that up on our site. Yeah. So yeah. by the time you hear this, it'll already have come and gone. But unless the he's playing a there. marathon and he's still playing, and, and we were really good. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Really we had a good. great performance. Dude, Pack, awesome sold show. It out. I actually do. Pack to the rafters. <laughs> couldn't get anybody. Else I have in the my building. OCD a little bit where I have to say hi to everybody I know. And I saw my friend Mikhail play in Lincoln Farms, and I knew I wasn't going to see her afterwards because I had to go. So I wrote her a message saying. You and the guys were awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'll get, I'll put a couple other quick dates. I'll throw them out there. Um, July thirteenth, we're at a place called the Bayside Pub in in uh, in Webster. It's which, on the bottom of a hill. It's a, it, yeah, it's kind of on the bottom of the hill. It's right, it's right on the side of the bay. Yeah, right on the water. Okay, that makes sense. It's Bayside, which, G. <laughs> which is cool. Unfortunately, the water's so high. We already had a show uh, scheduled last month that got canceled because oh, of the right. high water. Um, but hopefully by July 13th it'll be down, and uh, you know there's plenty of room for to set up the stage. You'll be outside, that. right? Everything, we'll be outside. Yeah. That's the beauty. And I actually have a house on Arundacoit Bay, so I take my boat to the gig, which is the only gig I can do that way. So I'm 
I'm, that's rock star. It's awesome. That is cool. It's that's a, rock star. Right I, I like it. I like it. You know, and, I, and people ask me, why do you play the bass? I go, oh, and I go, because I, I thought of a tour. To you have to go down like the river and then just stop at bars. <laughs> I'm like, go to sodas and just stop and start playing. <laughs> it makes the breaks a lot more fun to be but, on the uh, <laughs> Yeah, right. And then uh, another a big show we got coming up. We're playing at the Seneca Park Zoo Brew Fest, and that's July 19th. Um, that's the first time we played at the Zoo Brew, so that ought to be really a, that that ought to be a gas. That's July nineteenth. It's for their happy hour Zoo Brew, uh, and those are we will put all these dates. Up yeah, for yeah. Too. And then we'll throw one other one out. We're out at Marge's Lakeside Inn on July twenty sixth. I, I enjoy that. Um, and uh, we're playing our debut there as well. So you we're, have to we're go. Just... Marge's in the summer back there's something special. It's like it everybody <laughs> getting down there. The parking's not special. Sometimes parking's not can, special, but the, once you get but to the you beach, get there, it's just you get down there and it's something. It's summer. It's like a little piece of tiki bar, Florida. And you put your toes. Right. You can put yeah. your feet in the sand, which you yeah. know where else are you gonna well, do? Well, I there? tend to sit up and wide by the band so I don't burn because I burn. Yeah, <laughs> but right. I do it well, but it's one of those bars where you can you take gotta your shoes go. They're off all really nice. Everybody's really nice there. Yeah. And there, but you played Lilac Festival too. I know. Played Lilac Festival a bunch of times. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. In the past, we've. Uh, I've opened up for the Smithereens one time. Uh, oh, bless Pat. Southside Johnny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if, uh, with your brother, Mark, Mark, yeah. Mark Schwartz, yeah. played with us at uh, Lilac Fest one time. I can't remember who we opened up for. Do you open? Uh, I didn't even know you opened up for things. I thought you just played during the day there, like your schedule. You, you do open there. I'm just saying, just out of curiosity, because I just thought there were slots you played at. Yeah, there are, but sometimes, you know, we've, you know, some of the... You know, usually there's a headliner at the end of the yeah. the show. So, I mean, I'm just throwing out some of the ones that I thought were the best times that we've had, and um, yeah. you know, uh, were, you know, special. And I know the one we did with uh, open for the Smithereens, we went on right before them. They're beautiful so summer night, and uh, you know, it was just one of They're those magical. They're a band. I saw them in Manhattan Squares last time I saw, I saw Pat when he passed too. away, and I yes. was talking to him. And I remember some guy going to us because he's. Tell them to go to the dinosaur barbecue. It's yeah. Like, whatever. But we were talking about stuff and everything. And he's a very nice guy. And, yeah. and I remember when he worked with Suzanne Vega. And I just remember that because they were, you know, I think they were roadies for Suzanne Vega for a while. But the thing about the Smithereens, they say everybody likes Smithereens. I don't think there's any person, maybe it's not your favorite, but nobody dislikes Smithereens. I, I loved them. I, they were great songwriters, in my opinion, and, oh, and a great singer. Yeah, and just, I love his voice, his yes, solo album. Yes. He's got that melodic voice yes beautiful that was one of the last gigs the flat tops did too it yeah. played with the flat well i didn't see them because they got lost walking yeah. down there but <laughs> yeah, it, was a, it was a really good show of both both bands was that it uh, at the party in the park yeah thing. manhattan square it was called and i think this was at martin yeah. luther king oh, okay. park now. Yeah, but, they but i got lost walking down there so i got there a little late actually i have something you're talking about all the venues and this is something we haven't asked any musician but i think i'm going to start to trend if you could play any venue in the world, what would be like your your white whale? My venue? backyard. Yeah. Red, red <laughs> after, after my backyard. Rob's house. Yeah. God, I have no idea where it the is. The squirrels will get you when you can play on the deck. Yeah. Red rocks. Red rocks sounds good, Greg. I, I got yeah. I actually just I was looking at that the other day. I was looking at a, some pictures from there. That looks like a pretty cool. Uh, Pretty Would cool you ever like facility. to play like Levon Helm's house? He does like sure. this thing. Because oh, John Prine plays there, and it just would be neat to go to a little, maybe something like that too would be kind of neat. Yeah, sure, sure. Well, we, um, we do have Barn Bash in Farmington with you know, Beavers. One of the funniest gigs, one of my friends, the American Moondogs, played a gig. They played at the, the tractor 
pull festival after the tractor pull. Oh, right? God. Can you imagine yeah. the crowd? Yeah. Wow. I don't yeah. know if you've ever been to a tractor pull, but... He said it's great. You could probably, you have you could probably play it. as loud as you want because they'd all be their ears yeah. would be shot from the, tra- the tractor pulls. Yeah. But right? so Red Rocks, huh? Yeah, I think that would be a good one. I'll take that with Beautiful. Greg. Yeah, I've seen pictures. So if you got of any, it, you got any go. connections out there? Uh, you know. I do actually. Kevin yeah. J. Anderson, the writer, lives out there, and he'll put pictures up. But otherwise, I don't think he can book bands. But if you, have, I always ask one of my questions. I ask, do you have any interesting stories from gigs, like funny, amusing, we'll Photoshop? Out? Uh, funny, interesting. Anything stories you want, from gigs. like something sure. that happened at a show, or something that was like, what the heck, or just stands uh, you out. You know, or... a lot of things where you know an amp will blow up in the middle of your set, and that's you know it's funny <laughs> for some people. But if you're on stage, it's not funny, really. It's, it's I've seen the I've seen the case of the broken guitar strings. Literally, for one band at the Penny Arcade, one of my friends had to run to his house to get a bass for him because his strings fell out. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I put a pedal through a bass drum head once in a gig in Arizona. So spinal the... tap holes for all you guys. Or yeah, I, that happens. I mean, you know, a lot. Greg and I we played a gig where the the, the PA systems kind of started smoking halfway through the thing, and I think we we had to stop the. I, I think we back and get another one. We we stopped the performance. <laughs> It was this an outside is an acoustic show. performance, <laughs> you know. And uh, yeah, go get another PA head, and um, you know things like that. But uh, can I tell a really quick one? Sure, this, absolutely. This is a really weird story. It's fine. That's what we're here for. I was doing this gig out at Sodas uh, Point there at Papa Joe's, I think. On, it was. The, on yeah, the, the one flat on the beach, bed? right on the yeah. beach. Uh, you I went did, to your boat the, to that one, man. On the flatbed. I've done yeah. many of those. Okay. Yeah. So you know how next door there's that the bait shop and the tackle mm-hmm. shop, right? Okay, so mm-hmm. this guy's walking through there. This is a true story. The guy's walking through there with his kids and his family and wife, and he's got his fishing poles, and he's walking through the little alley thing. And for however it happened, I was so far back on the flatbed, the hook of his pole caught my shirt. So <laughs> I, they but, caught a drummer. But, but <laughs> I didn't. Mac. But I didn't realize it. So I'm playing, and I'm. I'm being jerked around, uh, and I'm like, what the heck is, you know, I look back, and there's this guy, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And he, bought me, like, this, he bought me a T-shirt to make up for it. Guys, like, this one's probably a fighter. That's <laughs> the best catch he had all day. Yeah. You should have seen the drummer was, The drummer was this That's big. a fish story. Uh, yeah, you're lying. Yeah, he's lying. puny. Throw him back. My claim to fame was I met Tom Petty's German Shepherd. I remember Tom oh, Petty, wow. but I had backstage for his nice. full moon fever. He brought his dog to the show. So I met Tom Petty's German Shepherd, not him. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. Yeah, you know. Weird things happen, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. crazy things happen, and that's the beauty of the live show, you know. I mean, that's why you do it. You never know what's going to happen. It's live. So, you know, wacky and things happen. And in you the, switch it around. In the middle of a performance, shows. wacky things yeah. can happen. And, and uh, it's kind of, you know that, you know it's coming. You know, tonight something will probably wacky happen. Not not going to hear some major <laughs> happen, but uh, but uh, you know, but that's why you do it, and that's what makes it exciting because, you know, you're with the audience. The audience, you know, knows that that's possible too, and uh, you know, you try to get some feedback from the audience, and you know, there's always someone in the audience that's, you know, uh, Freebird. Yeah, that'll oh, speak up and yeah. say stuff, and you kind of work with them. And I wish that guy so, would quit coming to shows. I get so <laughs> tired. Yeah, he's just one guy. He floats yeah. around the country. Yeah. <laughs> I just get tired of it myself. Yeah. Like Freebirds, a couple of bands I know start playing a couple of things. But I remember the Ryan Adams made the guest best comment about it. Somebody yelled Freebird, and he stopped. I thought, oh, is he going to come off the show? He goes, that would have been more relevant in the 1970s. If someone was still alive. <laughs> yeah, right, right. You don't mess with Ryan. Yeah. He's got some issues. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, we did. We too take requests, though. We certainly have done a plenty of. Uh, 
off the cuff request and you know uh, you know that's a lot of fun doing that too you know nobody it, will do for me september girls by big star though because i've told greg to do it Townsend, not you you no. don't sing no <laughs> and i sing, I sing. Oh, a little yeah a little bit but he said i tried to sing i can't hit the notes well tell chilton what he wants <laughs> yeah right you know i want to circle back for one second like you were talking about covers versus yeah. your own material but i think i mean when you have to learn a lot of covers yeah you kind of get the idea of how songs Oh, are yeah. And then you kind of, I think inherently, you kind of osmosis, you know, you start, well, here's how the hooks should be, or here's how they should, you know, how many verses, how many, you know, things like that. And I think, you know, you learn a lot from doing all you that. You do. It's like writing. They tell you to pick somebody like, say, Ray Bradbury, and write like him, and they get your own cell because you see how it's done. Right. And I think all some of these songs, their covers, they go around because they're really, really good songs. Well, mm-hmm. They're really you... fun to play. I have my little list, like, if I could actually play of songs I would love to do. Sure. Well, that's the thing. If you think about, if somebody does a cover of a song, it means that that song meant something to them. That's right. right. And it impacted them in such a way that they wanted to put their own version Spin of it on out it. There. Absolutely. And I think you get people, a lot of people like the familiar, and you draw people in because they come to hear that, but they're like, wow, this guy's stuff's pretty good <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah. Well, when, Brian, when you bring in a new song, there's definitely a pattern or, or a style to the, you know the way he's, the songs are put together because it's your style. And then, you know, we start we start knocking it around and tweaking it and all that. But it's like, it always has a very core style, which is you. You know, it's your style. And that's what I like about it because the songs are... It's like Pete Townsend being a comment once, you know, make make another album just like that, only different, you know, that type of thing, you know? <laughs> I mean, but right. that's part of the game is, the, is you have to write the same song kind of over and over a la ACDC. Somehow they do it, you know, <laughs> 150,000 permutations on four chords. Yeah, and they do because ACDC is a good one to mention because it really is. It's sort of that four. It's like the blues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they're really good. Sure. But they are the four. Yeah, that's right. But there's a there's a lot Captain that does Beaver go into it. Little, yeah. The rhythms and all. <laughs> there's a lot that goes into yeah. it behind the scenes that you you know sure. you don't quite see. It's not. You know, again, back to what I was saying before, I'm kind of a grinder, you know, when I when I come up with something, man, I just, it, it's it, it's a grind for me. I just write it, I, I, I type it up, I go practice it, I rewrite it, type it back up, and it goes on and on and on until <coughs> I'm finally really happy with almost, you know, 99%. Then I say, okay. And but, now, uh, too, there's the Rochester rule about playing advanced stuff. Greg, you do a lot of different things. And I say, you know, a few bands. I mean, there's some other stuff you do, too. Right. right. Well, I've always been that way. I mean, in, in school, I went to Nazareth for music ed. I've, I'm still waiting like, to see somebody play one day and play the song from a different band when they're playing. Because <laughs> there's so many band, different people. Like, well, wow, how many bands are you in? It's like, I'm going to have, if I ever do them an album, I'm going to get Katie Preston and Sam Snyder to play because they play in everything, anyways. When there's right? similar songs from a couple different bands every now and then, wait, what, how do they end this one? Is they end it this way or they end it the way the other guys play? <laughs> then you hear from what the, band am I in? <laughs> then you hear from the crowd, the Freebird guy, wrong band! <laughs> it's like Roger Daltrey the last I time. Hate I that guy. Last time I saw <laughs> the Who, they were playing in Canada, when Roger Daltrey said it's great to be back in Rochester. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it happens. Hello, Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. Philly. <laughs> it happens. I saw. It. I was watching um, uh, the the Rolling Stones just started their tour again in now Chicago. Mixed better. Yeah, they just started it uh, Here, last I thought Friday. Keith was the one, and then no. last Friday, and then I think Tuesday this week was their second show. So you know, you can go on YouTube and see all the all the videos and yeah, all that. You know, I'm a big fan of the Stones, so I was watching. Um, I was watching some of the videos, I don't know, it was the night before last, and uh, uh, they went into, um, what was it? I'm going to say Midnight Rambler. 
Keith started the song in the wrong key. Mick tried, was trying to sing the song, and he, and he was totally struggling with it, and he's going like this, you know? And finally he looks up, he goes, wrong key? And, and then they go, yeah, they stop it. And then, and then Ronnie comes up and goes, we weren't even supposed to play that song. We were supposed to play this song. <laughs> so they go into a completely different song. Because I've always heard the way they do it is Charlie will kick it off, and then Keith will go. You know, Char- I, I, that's what I've heard this whole thing is like when they're going to play, he'll look at Charlie. Charlie will start, then Keith will go. But <laughs> Yeah, Keith counts a lot of them in, but, uh, you know, he somehow, he, somehow, it was it was crazy. Right, right in the Midnight Rambler, wrong key, Jagger couldn't. Was like going what what it was it was hilarious really Keith what do you want and then and then Ronnie comes over we're not even supposed to be playing Midnight Rambler we're supposed to be playing this song so then they did that other song then they did Midnight Rambler in the right key and I crushed it you know but but, uh, yeah it was pretty cool it was it was fun to watch that check that out yeah but we got to do this has been really cool and we got to see your gigs and stuff come out before we forget where can people we want to do some plugging here absolutely so there's BrianLindsay.net and it's uh, my last name is spelled L-I-N-D-S-A-Y. A lot of people get you know put the E in there instead of the instead of the A. So BrianLindsay.net, um, or you know the, the the famous Facebook. You can go to our Facebook page, Brian Lindsay Van. All the dates are on there as well. And like it, um, like the page, like the page, and we then you'll be up to date. Yeah, any show. Um, but either of those two are probably the most popular. Um, and uh, yeah, there's a bunch of dates. We're very busy this summer, and uh, it's a good time to come out, especially those outdoor shows. Oh, I love and it. I gotta those say, you go best. to the Bayside. Don't ever have them before you play. But if you're into, they have these things called straight hot wings there, where oh, they yeah. pour habanero sauce on them. Don't yeah. ever do this before. No. And make sure you don't go anywhere the next day because you'll have to go to the bathroom. Right. <laughs> One of my friends made the mistake. He called me and goes, "I was in Home Depot and I had to run." <laughs> well, they have <laughs> toilets there, so yeah. And well, anything for you out there? Like, they, sell, they sell plungers. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Anything for you out there, like for gigs anything you want to talk about plugs plugs anything Me? Uh, well uh, <laughs> i just look for this guy he's in a lot of bands see if <laughs> i just like variety i always have um i don't want to really you know this is this is a more about what yeah. we're doing with the brian Lindsay band yeah. but you know i've got a he's around of, he's in a lot of stuff you'll see him whether yeah. you like it or so not. go see a show in rochester you might you might see yeah him. i'll be yes. around yeah you'll, you could you'll You'll run into Greg. Just, just go out to a club and you'll you'll run into. If you him. go to Tommy Burnett's birthday bash on the 28th of July, I'll be in the back. I do like Iron okay, Smoke. So I do admit I love shows at Iron Smoke. Yeah. After I found yeah. the damn place. And Brian will yeah. be there jamming too. Yep. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. And now we have you have to talk about. We're going to have a treat for the second time. Yep. We're going to have you play. We're going to have somebody play a song. Yeah, yeah. And then we're going to play this track, uh, Lone Wolf Zero. And you got to talk. This is kind of special. Your new release. It is. Yes. Thanks, Rob. Um, so there's a little bit of a backstory on this on this song. Uh, a couple years ago, I took a trip uh, to um, Amsterdam and uh, flew into Amsterdam, spent a couple days there, and then we took this there's a high-speed train that runs from Amsterdam to Paris. Oh, the one in Europe, not the one in upstate New York. Then, no, the no. wrestling hall. Of fame. Yeah, <laughs> for, no. For I just want to make sure. Correct. <laughs> Amsterdam to Paris. The train goes like 100 miles an hour across the countryside. It's really an amazing thing, you know, and you sit back and watch the, you know, the the old Dutch windmills and all that fly by at 100 miles an hour. It's pretty cool. Um, So that was a really cool experience. Came home, was watching the late night news one night, and I saw that uh, a terrorist tried to take over that train um, and it's a small train, even though, you know, I think it was 100 miles an hour. It's not that big of a train. 
Um, a terrorist tried to take over the train with, you know, a rifle and, and you know, obviously wreak havoc and, and do, da- do serious damage. And uh, fortunately for the folks that were on that uh, train at the time, there were three American servicemen. And uh, basically before anyone got shot, I think one, maybe one, one shot got off and it went through a window and, you know, uh, bullets, the bullet was flying. But the, the, um, the three servicemen basically tackled the guy, put him on the floor, held him until, until the authorities came and basically thwarted what could have been Ooh. a pretty, uh, pretty bad uh, thing. So I'm like, wow, man, I was on that train and I know how small it was and, you know, how bad it could have went. Um, so I don't know, I guess I just felt compelled to write a song about it. And uh, wrote a song about it and ended up being called Lone Wolf Zero. And um, the funny thing about it was after I wrote that, you know, we were going to record it and all that, um, one of those Hollywood-type guys, uh, what's his name, Clint somebody. Clint Eastwood. Oh, yeah, Clint Eastwood. Oh, that guy. Wrote a movie about it. The orangutan said, Clyde said, you know, this would be a good idea. Left turn, Clyde. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think, called, like I think it was called, I think it was called 515 to Paris yeah. or something. Yeah, that's yeah. what it's called. Okay. So anyway, uh, you know, he put, a, he put a movie out, but where our political um, affiliations are completely different. <laughs> Mine from, from Eastwoods, let's just put it that way. But anyway, he didn't call me and say, hey, you want to put your this song in my movie? I said, okay, whatever. But um, so we kind of got a kick out of that and got a lot of mileage out of dropping dropping his name and right. uh, for shows and all that. But uh, so yeah. long story short, Rob, we yeah. um, we put the single out and we decided to uh, sell it as a single yeah. at the shows for whatever one dollar, five dollars, ten dollars. All any money for that singles uh, goes to um, the Veterans Outreach Center. So, you, you know, we just tell That's people right. at the shows, you throw in a buck or five or whatever it is, take the single, and we're going to donate that. Give uh, one, give five, give them your car. <laughs> yeah, right. and we donate it to the, uh, the Veterans Outreach Center. That's very cool, very cool. Yeah. We're going to hear this song after, but you're going to sure, sure. bring us You don't have to hear us two idiots tonight yeah. say bye. We're but you guys, out. thanks a lot for coming bye. down. And you're welcome. Thanks, Zach. And you are hey, welcome. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. We're talking to you. Yeah. That's what we're here for. Thanks, Rob. And Appreciate we're going to have you. Play, and then we're going to play Lone Wolf Zero after you play your cut and end this song on a high note instead of us babbling. Agreed. So, so it takes a lot. And stay tuned for good music and look at the links. Yep. All right. This is a song called King of the Mountain. Two boys standing at the bottom of the hill. Staring at the top, looking for a thrill One said ready and the other said run Shadow flying from the start of gun Well, I guess you know how the race begun Playing king of the mountain King of the mountain Come on coach when you're gonna put me in It ain't too late I know how to win 
We could teach these boys a lesson for fun If you're looking for a hero, you just found one Well, my daddy said that it ain't no sin Playing king of the mountain King of the mountain It's a long way home from New York City Down on Wall Street sucking on the money New Jack said I got a brand new plan Different from the old boys club scam This way I know somebody who wins Playing king of the mountain I'm just a man who believes in the end You can't take out what you don't put in Playing king of the mountain King of the mountain King of the mountain King of the mountain I'm just a man who believes in the end You can't take out what you don't put in I'm just a man who believes in the end You can't take out what you don't put in I'm just a man who believes in the end You can't take out what you don't put in I'm just a man who believes in the end You can't take out what you don't put in Well 
cars from Amsterdam Rolling on the tracks in a high-speed train Me and my brother from school Taking in the size Train whistle wheels Train keeps rolling 